Vítejte u podcastu Anglicky s kudrnatou holkou. Já se jmenuji Pavlína a budu si tu povídat s rodilými mluvčími z celého anglicky mluvícího světa o různých zajímavých tématech. Díky moc, že jste si tenhle kanál naladili a můžeme začít. Welcome to today's episode. I'm excited to be welcoming my guest for today, Carmen Pedok, who works as a film critic and consultant and is originally from Pennsylvania, USA, but currently lives in Scotland, Edinburgh, with her husband-to-be. Hello, Carmen. How are you doing today? Hello. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, it is, it is typical Scottish outside today, quite drizzly. So. Oh, is it? Well, I'm in Stockholm now, and it's sunny, so... Bizarre. I'm jealous. I'm very jealous. <laughs> so today we're actually going to be discussing and perhaps comparing a bit your old home with your new home. So that means USA with Europe. And well, correct me if I'm wrong, but when it comes to Europe and the US, it just sometimes seems to me that we're like so close yet so far away. That is very much the um yeah the feeling I've got. So I I moved from the US to the UK uh when I was 18 to start my bachelor's degree. And I feel like I feel like the UK is probably closest to the US than like the rest of mainland Europe. It's probably probably a bit with the language and a bit more with with the culture. Um so that was a good a good stepping stone, but um and then but in, then even with Europe it's not like worlds apart from the US and UK, but it's it's really the small differences that make it feel That lull you, they lull you into a false sense of security and then you realize, oh, this is not at all what I thought it was going to be like. And also, so when you were applying, were you just thinking about the UK or like were there other European countries maybe being considered? I was mainly sticking with the UK because I, so I did a, a drama degree and I was like massively obsessed with Shakespeare as a teenager. And so I thought, you know, going to, going to the UK to do like study Shakespeare would be, would be great. Um... And I do, I do kind of regret this now. I wish I had considered other other countries to study in as well, um, but I never, I never kept up my foreign language study very well in high school. So I did, I did the bare minimum to graduate, and then promptly forgot everything. So I think um, if anyone is listening who is, you know, of of a school age and thinking about studying a foreign language, I'd tell them, please do it. You'll you'll learn so much, <laughs> open so many doors. <laughs> English speakers can be very lazy about this, so. I mean, it's understandable, you know, to a point, I would think. Also, do you know that William Shakespeare, he wore an earring? Did you know that? I, I have seen the picture. That's great. I love it. He's great. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, back to, oh, sorry, our original <laughs> topic. So what would you say that you miss the most about home? It's all about the food for me. Um, I think yeah. in the US, since you have so many different climates, you can grow a lot of amazing fruits and vegetables in the country. And they often don't get to have to be shipped very far to get to you. So I think like just the, especially the summer fruits like peaches and nectarines and plums in the States, um, I've just had the best the best ones I've ever had there. And I think I got a bit jealous, uh, a bit um what's the word, uh, spoiled growing up in Pennsylvania as well, because I was living in this really agricultural area with lots of orchards and farms. So a lot of the stuff was very, very local and fresh, and it was a perfect climate to grow all those lovely fruit. And especially in the UK, I think um, everything, if it's not a potato, it's shipped in. Uh, I feel like I, I do miss that. And also 
on the less wholesome side of American food, I do miss the the all you can eat buffet culture in America, which obviously when when I was growing up and my parents had two very hungry children to feed, we would just go to like the 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 local um, steakhouse with all you can eat salad bar or uh, like a Chinese buffet and just like let the kids go to town because it was the most you know if you're feeding two kids who are like hungry and just yelling at each other all the time uh you, you just take them to get a lot of food and they're happy and um, i do i do miss that i feel like now i'm probably a bit more restrained and not you know i won't go hog wild but i love just it was a great it's probably i don't know i hope they survived the pandemic like i hope there's a world where we can go back to those wonderful all you can eat places but um yeah absolutely Every time I go back to the States to visit, I'm always like, can we please go get, um, first of all, American Chinese food is a little bit different than Chinese food I've had in, in the UK. I'm sure uh-huh. that's ve- still very different from what you get in China. I haven't I haven't tried that out yet. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll have to go get the get the real experience someday. But um, the, the American way we've ruined Chinese food is very specific. And that's what I grew up on. And then every time I go back, I'm like, we must we must have this specific version of you know, ruined Chinese food. The British haven't ruined it in the most wonderful way that the Americans have. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. And yeah, and what are the things that you like definitely don't miss? And I bet you're going to say the excruciatingly expensive healthcare. Yeah, especially the healthcare. Um, And especially now, because I've I've just turned 26, which means I am now off my parents' insurance because Obama, who I miss, um, he he passed a, a law basically that you could stay in your parents' health insurance until you were 20, 20, 26. And that's, you know, well, not me anymore. So if I ever ended up back there, I would be a bit uh, a bit in trouble. Um, that, that, that system's mad. And I also don't miss the uh, the reliance on cars. And I think it's it's almost a cultural thing as well. Like, I understand why everyone's got a car because it's everything so much more spread out. But I feel like no one even knows about the public transport that does exist and then no one gives it any money so it just keeps getting worse and worse whereas especially in europe your public transport is amazing um the uk has its ups and downs but compared to the us it's still still miles ahead just the thought of being able to like you know buy a train ticket and be somewhere else in two three four hours is great and you don't need to bring anything or you know fill a car up with gas you're just yeah you just get your seat and you go and that's um that's great and it's so much more extensive like I've never okay before the pandemic I never missed having a car I, d- I am now jealous of people who have a car and can like you know drive out to the remote regions this has changed like everything I would say but like regarding public transport for example in Prague like you know the the bus is two minutes late and people are like nervous people are like <laughs> where where is the bus like yeah so uh, yeah. I do think that in Europe we have a great system i never had any problems on it i i, lo- I love the the european systems i like figuring out uh the way they're different in every city as well because they, they all make sense but um i feel like you know in berlin you just you know you stamp your ticket and you get on the u-bahn and um london you got to have the oyster card to go through to even begin with uh fun figuring all that out i forget how paris does it but i like the little tickets and so well you just mentioned a few but like what were like some other, you know, surprises, like major surprises when you came? So I think, yeah, I think, um, I think the way people, people dressed is a bit different. Oh, really? Yeah. In the US, um, 
at least in in central Pennsylvania, where you know no one came for any reason except the locals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't care. We were just like wear you know like running shorts and t shirts everywhere in the summer just because it was hot and there was no one to impress. And I feel like in Europe, everyone at least tries to put themselves together a little bit. Mm, interesting. I feel like the, the athleisure trend has caught on in the last couple of years and you see more people like, you know, wearing nice yoga yoga trousers out, um, you know, doing their shopping. But I feel like that wasn't so much of a thing. Whereas I've like if um if I needed to run to Walmart and and I just had like, you know, an athletic top and some, you know, ratty bottoms I could just put on real quick, run out, I'd be like, Yeah, I could do that. It's fine. It's just Walmart. So, and I think actually, kind of on on that, there's something else. Um, the shopping is very different. Like in the states, you basically live at the malls or the big stores like Walmart, which you could get everything at our Target. And I feel like over here, I've got to plan a little bit more carefully and hit things more specifically, which is probably better for the local economy because it's not just like one conglomerate taking over. But um, it is. It's, I, I've never got lost in a store in in Europe. And then, well, your husband-to-be, your fiancé is Scottish, so he's a born European. So has there ever been, you know, any cultural clash in your household that you can tell us about? I feel like it sometimes comes down to the, just the, the very weird difference in words from um, American English to, to British English, uh, or the way that words are, words are pronounced. I think one that came up was... Um, So I would say buoy and he would say boy. It's those little floaty things that are in the in the ocean to kind of mark for ships how how deep the water is. And um I, I always said I said buoy and he's like, What are you talking about? And I was like, That's a buoy and he said, No, it's a boy and I'm like, No, a boy's a child and Yeah. <laughs> and also like I guess his English accent is like very different to your English accent. Do you ever like, do you ever laugh at each other? Oh yeah. Oh, so actually this morning um, I was looking up some, I was looking up Victorian bathing huts uh, because of a film I'd watched, which are those, mm -hmm. you know, in the Victorian times, because no one wanted to be seen in a bathing suit. They would like wheel all the ladies kind of out to the ocean in these huts. So they didn't have to, you know, be improper and then they could get into the sea with no one seeing them um which is wild but um I, they had a picture from uh, bangor i think and that was um yeah beach in wales that they were they were doing that at and um i said i said oh his picture from bangor and um i don't know how he pronounced it but he was like that's absolutely not how you say it but if you tried to say it like me it would sound wrong because you don't have a british accent and i was like Okay, I can't. I can't win. So, like, you can't even try. Yeah, I feel like I'm just gonna have to accept that there are some British words, especially in terms of like place names, that I will never say the same way. Well, I mean, uh, well, that's my life. <laughs> that's like how we live normally. That's for us, you know. We just say things in the wrong way. Yeah, I think you just if, if they know what you're talking about, if they see it spelled out, it's like, well, what can you do? You know? Yeah, exactly. So. I wanted to ask, so like, what would you think is like the common perception towards Europe and America? And I mean, I know that, you know, this is not an easy question and I'm a bit afraid that we'll we'll have to generalize a bit. But, you know, it's funny when you see all those like American movies. I've just seen this 
amazing TV series on Netflix. It's very cliche, but very funny. It's called Emily in Paris. And, and the main character is this marketing lady from Chicago. And she goes to Paris and she's just mind blown by everything, you know, the architecture and history and food and culture. Yeah. So how do you feel about it? Is this how you see Europe in the US or... It's just a movie. I mean, I know it's just a movie, but you know what I mean. I think so. I haven't seen all of Emily in Paris, but I think what the what the TV show did quite, you know, in quite a fun, if very fanciful way, was it took kind of the all of the stereotypes that the Americans have about the French and about Paris, and just made the most of them, which is obviously like excellent TV. Um, and I think, um, I think in the US of uh, when we think when we think when I thought about Europe before I moved over, I kind of just thought like the, I had London in my head, I had Paris in my head, I had Italy as a region in my head. Didn't really know about Germany, uh, Czech Republic, anything, and that yeah, over there was just like okay, that's that's more Central Europe. I don't know much about that. I had Scandinavia in my head, and maybe like Spain from from learning about early American history, but mm-hmm. I feel like it was a very there are very generalized assumptions in my head. It was mainly London, Paris, and, and Italy. It's like this is this is Europe. This is what you you see. You go to, you either have London, you have Buckingham Palace, you go to Paris, you have the Eiffel Tower, you go to Italy and have good food. Um, but there was no, yeah. I feel like the American idea of Europe, at least when I was growing up, was very much based around the biggest tourist sites. Yeah, and um, kind of the the culture that surrounded those yeah and then Paris like I've not so I've not actually been to anywhere in France that's not Paris um and I feel like every time I go to Paris I'm like wow okay some of these stereotypes are really based in reality I mean I think that's why they also exist like that's like where they come from like there needs to be a tiny bit of truth yeah and I I think there is there's definitely definitely a tiny bit of truth at least in those (laughs) especially every every time I studied um French was probably the language I did the most in school and I was really proud of myself when I went into a cafe in Paris and like ordered a a baguette or something and they just responded in English and I was like I was trying yeah (laughs) when I was in Paris they were like adamant they like what I I ordered in English because I don't know any French and they would just speak French to me. <laughs> oh my goodness! Maybe, maybe, maybe that's their their thing. They'll um they'll go for the opposite. Maybe <laughs> they'll just want to embarrass you. Like <laughs> yeah, they've got they've got two two options. <laughs> but I don't think anyone. Well, I don't think growing up in America, I knew anything about France outside of Paris, and I still don't really. I'd love to love to drive around the countryside and see more of France and different cities. And sure, I mean it's a beautiful country. Oh yeah. So yeah, I feel like that yeah. was a really long-winded and maybe roundabout answer, but I feel like yeah, Americans they have an idea of a few a few things and a few places, which I mean, to be fair, if you're if you're a long way away, you'll probably pick up on the big ones. But like some of the best places I've been in Europe are the ones I never never thought about all that much growing up. So um yeah, I guess it's just fun getting out and exploring. Yeah, for sure. And I I mean, I think it might be similar the other way around. We would know like New York City and, and LA and Washington, D.C., but you don't really know that much about proper geo- like geography or we wouldn't, I think people wouldn't be able to tell all, all the states and place them on the map. Well, now I hope people won't be like, oh, you're so stupid. You can't do it. Oh, a lot of, a lot of Americans can't. I don't, I don't know if I could anymore, to be honest. So Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, that is nothing to be uh, worried about. And I th- I think that is, you're exactly right. Um, 
and I think, I mean, to be perfectly honest, since the state, I think the states are geographically just, just massive. Like, I mean, I kind of only know where I grew up, which is a lot, a lot around the East Coast, uh, where my parents live now, which is out in California, and where my grandparents lived, which was in Texas. So I kind of, mm-hmm. I could, I could tell you a lot about those areas, but if you ask me about like Wisconsin or Iowa or Idaho, or like all those states in the middle, um, I've never been to like the Rocky Mountains, um, which I know are just like gorgeous and wonderful. Uh, but, but yeah, there's, so there's a lot of the states that even I don't know about. And I do think that the, uh, the big cities are the New Yorks and the Bostons and the Los Angeles. And then of course, just Texas as uh, an entity by itself are the ones yeah. that get all the publicity. So like there is no reason for any anyone to visit to Pennsylvania where I grew up. Um I'm putting that out there now. Sure there is. <laughs> Maybe the nice fruits and vegetables, but that is that is it. Okay, we won't go to Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well, sometimes it seems to me that, you know, young Americans that everyone's dream is to go and do a big tour around Europe at some point. Do you think that might be true or would you agree? Definitely from like the people I, I've known. And um, I mean, that was that was one of the big appeals of going to school in the UK. Like I wanted to go abroad because um, it was kind of the, the right time of my life too. I didn't have anything tying me down. And the UK was there because of you know Shakespeare. Uh, but I was like, <laughs> oh, it's so close to everything else. Um, I will, I'll travel around. And I, and I did do that while I was studying, which was amazing. And I Yeah, it was definitely like a big bucket list thing that I was so excited to do. And um, a lot of my other friends who have been lucky enough to do it, yeah, they absolutely loved it. So I think I think it is a big um, goal for many people. And I think for Americans, Europe isn't like, again, as we were talking about earlier, it's not too foreign. Like there are different languages and customs, but if you're visiting, especially for a couple of weeks, you're not going to be that thrown off. But uh, yeah, it feels a little bit less uh, less intimidating. And again, maybe it's because of the good public transport as well. Like, you know, once you fly over here, you're you're pretty much set. You can you can take a train or a bus and get, be pretty much anywhere anytime. Yeah, yeah. And well, I wanted to ask about this. You know the term. I mean, we all know the term American dream. That like we can vaguely define that. Whoever and no matter where they come from or into which class they were born, they can just become whoever they want to become in America. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's true? I I think it can happen, but I don't think it happens very much. And I think just because basically from where you're born and what you're, you know, what your parents are earning very much kind of determines your your chances, even if there is a way for you to to get out of it um, in some way, like, um, because obviously if you're, if you're born somewhere where you have to go to a really bad school, then you might not get into a good university or get a good job after that and be able to, to go after your dreams. You may have to, you know, drop out or yeah. do part-time classes just so you can work to support your family as well. I think, and I think that it's actually gotten worse from what I've seen from like just hearing my parents and my grandparents talk about their own social mobility or or lack thereof and then seeing like my my friends especially because university in the states has become just so expensive and people are in so much debt from that um and meanwhile like I don't know Jeff Bezos says Amazon just keeps making billions of dollars and you're just like why how are you still making all this money and yeah yeah I I think it's harder I don't think it's impossible like there's a lot of luck and I I don't know I feel like a system that's based on luck isn't a good system but yeah and do you think there is such a thing as like European dream that's a really good question 
I feel like actually to come back to the healthcare, I feel like um, from what I've seen in Europe, it might be easier just to kind of live comfortably in this in in a country that's got a good healthcare system and a, a taxpayer funded healthcare system because you don't need to worry about going into debt if you just want to have something you know checked out from what i've seen in many european countries just a lot of stuff is just paid for more more with the taxes and it does mean there are higher taxes and i don't know why americans are so anti-tax maybe because i've moved over to the uk so so early and i just kind of before i stopped paying before i really started paying tax in the us and so i didn't like grow up with people like that around me but i was just like i would happily take higher tax if you could just take care of all my medical expenses down the line if if and when i need them yeah so yeah i feel like and not that i'm not saying that like i'm sure europe's not perfect um and i'm sure there are some, some barriers to this um if if we're thinking of like a european dream and mobility and having your the life that you want but and also university is so much less expensive in in the uk and I've, i've heard it's free in some places like like germany yeah for example czech republic like that's for free as well and like the schools are very good like good quality education so it is amazing the opportunities we have that we don't have to pay for it like sweden same and oh, that's great yeah i feel like maybe it's just americans need to learn how to pay their taxes and yeah this is coming from someone who never studied economics uh knows nothing <laughs> about yeah <laughs> i know nothing but i'm just thinking you know thinking about it i'm like wow you know i just yeah just talking to my friends in the states who are like i don't have health insurance and like that sounds bad i yeah, yeah i i'm happy here i'm happy with the safety net yeah that's that's good to hear and do you think that there is something like we could learn from each other as in like Europe and the US? Ooh, that's a really good a really good question. Um obviously after after everything we've said, I just want to, you know, tell the US to embrace public transport, you know, fund public transport, fund their schools, maybe not make people go into debt to go to university. That just sounds like a really bad a bad system. I'm like, please, mm-hmm. you know, value like put put this value in in people and in an infrastructure and helping, you know, people live good lives. But I think um I don't know, what would I say is good? I mean, I do think there's a bit of a American friendliness. So I do th- so going back to the American dream and I was saying like, oh, I I think it, the the myth of social and class mobility is 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 that it's a myth um in the states to a certain extent. I think that a lot of people believe that it's possible to be anyone even if there's if if it's not possible socioeconomically but i think that gives them a really good attitude and like uh, a can do spirit and uh i will talk to anyone you know i'm i'm just as good as anyone else uh, mentality which um i i feel like you know sometimes in especially in the uk where everyone's still obsessed with this class system that i'm still wrapping my head around i'm like you know just talk to people don't don't stand there silently guys go out and uh Yeah. You know, make, yeah, have the have the attitude um that you can do anything. And maybe that's something I'd say that especially the UK can can learn from America. These are some beautiful words to wrap this up. <laughs> well, thank you so much Carmen for joining me today. It's been amazing and amazing fun. And oh, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. And thank you to everyone who's listened to this episode as well. And I hope to see you next week. Bye.